It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Trisankos. And I'm Stacy Farquison. Good morning. Today is October the 12th, and this is the 23rd episode of season two of the Stacy and Stacy podcast. Thank you for joining us this wonderful Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time to join us, welcome. We're so glad you're listening. Yes. And just to give you a little overview, we say a quick prayer a scripture reflection. And then the next part has actually been quite fluid for us. Um, we're actually very excited about what we have planned today. Stacy, you want to tell us? Yes. About it? So usually in the second part, we just use it to talk about stuff, whether it's um, something in the tradition of the church or some issue, although we usually talk about tradition in the Catholic church. But this yeah. next few episodes, we want to talk about a new book by our friends, Patty McGuire Armstrong and Roxanne Beauclair Salonen. These are two women up in Fargo, North Dakota, who uh, I have been friends with for many years um, online, but I had the chance to meet Roxanne in person last February when I went to Fargo. They have, they are very much like us, Stacey. They've written, they're two moms with a lot of kids and, and just big, crazy families, Catholic women trying to navigate the family life as good Catholics. Love they it. wrote a book called What Would Monica Do? So you know how we say, mm -hmm. what would Jesus do? This mm -hmm. is what would Monica do? And St. Monica, of course, is the mother of St. Augustine. Mm -hmm. And he was, a, you know, a very powerful church father, uh, a bishop who did a lot of writing that has had a great influence on Western culture and, and on Christianity across the board. Mm -hmm. um, but he was so, for so long in his life, not a man of faith, not he, he's like our wayward children today. And so Monica, of course, prays for him for many years. We've talked about her on the podcast before her bishop told her like stop trying she's a woman of direct action her bishop told her just leave him alone and pray for him which mm -hmm. was hard for her because she wanted to go like i do she wanted to go duct tape him yeah. and bring him bring him back to christ so that they wrote hard a book. for any mom <laughs> it is yeah. and they get it so patty yeah. and roxanne are very much women like stacy and stacy like us and um, they, uh, Roxanne is going to join us today to tell us a little more about the book after the scripture reflection. Yes, yes, yes. So excited about that. Okay, let's get started. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, we, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you that um, your mercy is new every morning. We ask that you open the eyes of our understanding, that we would comprehend the scriptures. Give us fresh eyes to see you and ears to hear. In Jesus' name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Okay, as always, grab your cup of tea, your cup of coffee. And your Bible. And your Bible. It's <laughs> in time with the Lord today. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so today we are um, the Alleluia, really 
spoke to me. It kind of piggybacks off of yesterday where we talked about the good shepherd. Uh, the Lord is my shepherd. So it is based in John chapter 10. And it says, my sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Oh, hallelujah. Well, I went to John 10 and I want to read more of this. So let's go over to John 10 and read this. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way is a thief and abandoned. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. So again, Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not mm. care for the sheep. Oh. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I love those scriptures. That's beautiful. I have often... I mean, I'm sure I've said it a hundred times on here. I want to hear Jesus. I want to hear his <laughs> voice. You know, I'm always like, open, open my ears to hear you, Lord. Well, according to these scriptures, it's possible for us to hear his voice. And that gives me joy. That fills me with joy. It gives me peace. It makes me happy. So a couple of lines in here that I want to just um, talk about. He calls his own sheep by name. <laughs> Isn't that a wonderful scripture? Jesus calls his own by name. He knows our name. It goes on to say, when he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. This, this scripture reminds me of a story when my boys were little. I'm, I'm talking preschool age, little. <laughs> the thing to do on a rainy day or a excessively hot day was to go to McDonald's and they had just built this new McDonald's. And I'm telling you, the playland was huge, three stories high. It was a mini Chuck E. Cheese. It was huge. <laughs> and I guess all the mothers in the entire county had the same idea that day because it was <laughs> packed. It was so full of kids running around screaming and it was lunchtime. So everybody was ordering their food. The moms are hollering at the kids to come eat. The moms are calling across the table at each other. I'm talking to other mothers. I'm, I mean, it was chaos doesn't even begin to describe it. It was <laughs> so busy. And all of a sudden, in the midst of all that noise, I heard, Mama, Mama. <laughs> And I stopped. I turned around. I walked into the playland. I, I mean, I'm listening. I'm following this voice, right? I'm following it. I recognize it. I'm following it. And I look up and there's my son at the tip top of this <laughs> tunnel. 
And he is, he's not able to navigate his way back down. That was the first time he was brave enough to go all the way to the top. But he didn't want to come back down. I had to literally crawl up yeah. in the tunnel and get him and help him down. But the, I always remembered that because, you know, it talks in the Bible about that still small voice, that tiny mm -hmm. whisper. And this is what I want. I don't, I don't care how busy my day is. I want to be able to hear him above all the noise, the hustle and bustle of the yeah. day, the loud voices, both literally and in my head. And I don't mean I have voices in my head. But, you know, that, I know what you mean. That to-do list that's constantly yeah. on replay, right? I mean, just over and over. I mean, the emotional voice of the struggles of the day pulling me in a million different directions. I want to be able to stop. I want mm -hmm. to tune in recognize, respond to, and follow the voice of my good shepherd. And it reminds me of that verse. And I know, I think I said it yesterday. I say it all the time. But but after saying that, after hearing what I just said, maybe you'll understand why this voice, I mean, this verse means so much to me. Whether I turn to the left or to the right, mm -hmm. I will hear a voice behind me saying, Stacy, turn this way. Stacey, I know there's a lot going on right now, but don't go that way. Come this way. Walk this way. You know, it's so important to be able to hear his voice above all the distractions in life when we're trying to make decisions. I mean, we have to, we have the consequences we're considering. You know, if we choose this path, this might happen and we weigh it against the, uh, the other path and the consequences of that path. And it reminds me of my favorite poem. Everyone in my family knows this is my favorite poem. I even <laughs> have it in a framed in a picture frame. Aww. It's the road not taken by Robert Frost. And Stacy, remember you and I memorized yes. it. We were in school. Yeah. I remember <laughs> memorizing it. You're, you remember memorizing it. Yeah. It, it's it stuck with me ever, uh -huh. ever since we were uh, memorized it in school. And it it starts out by saying two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry, I cannot travel both. And it just you know, it makes me think we come to a crossroads in life so many times where we have to choose. I mean, we can't go straight. We have to choose a path. And it says, I looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. And that makes me think, you know, the paths start out the same, but we can only see so far. You know, yeah. you can only see so far down a path. You can only play out so many scenarios in your mind. And eventually you don't know where that path is going to take you. It says that he, though, as for that, the passing there had warned them really about the same. Okay. It's like, I can find good and bad for each one, but eventually I have to make the choice. You have to choose. And it can be stressful because you don't want to make the wrong choice because our choices can affect the ones around us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it goes on to say in this poem, it says, and both that morning equally lay and leaves no step had trodden back black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. And you know what? That I, I have made lots of, you know, at this age, at this stage of the game, I look back and I have made <laughs> lots of mistakes, lots of choices that I wish I hadn't made. Yeah. And I can't go back. Right. However, those choices the decisions that I've made have, have led me here to where I am today. Right. And that's okay because I like where I am today. I just traveled a very rocky road and a very challenging road. And, you know, 
who knows, maybe if I had not made those decisions in and of my own strength, but had leaned on the Lord and not my own understanding, perhaps I would still be here, but maybe it wouldn't have been such a struggle to get here. I don't know because I can't go back. Yep. Not, I don't think many people at, at my age can say they made all the right choices their entire life. So I think it's pretty common, yeah. but I do know that even if I regret it, I, I, like I said, I'm happy that I'm here. And I think that's why I want so much to hear the voice of my good shepherd. I want to follow him and I want to choose the road he wants me to choose. And I don't want to have to try to figure things out on, in my mind, my own strength, my own understanding, mm-hmm. because it it's, I've learned, I've learned better, better mm-hmm. than to do that. I also think the sacraments of the church can help us fine tune our ears to hear, especially yeah. the sacrament of confession, the Eucharist. You know, it says in the scripture, it goes on to say, they will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. I mean, I think stranger danger, run. (laughs) (laughs) That's good advice. It is. Show this to our children. The Bible says stranger danger, run. (laughs) Sometimes I wonder, I worry and I worry about being duped. I mean, it's a scary thing to be deceived and tricked. And I have been before in the worst ways I've been tricked. I've been deceived and there are a lot of con artists in the world, but the closer I stay to Jesus, the safer I feel. Going to mass is another way to sharpen my ears, not just because of the Eucharist, but also the homily, building relationships with each other. That strengthens me. Simply staying connected. You know, when sheep scatter or when one sheep wanders off, they're easy picking. They're, they're, they're easy prey. They get attacked. The sheep, me, this sheep, wants to stay not only connected with the flock, but put me in the middle, surround me. I want to be safe. And I'm, I'm sure, I mean, staying connected just, uh, it helps with accountability. And I mean, I know someone right now that is going to a church and making new friends and new connections. And mm-hmm. these connections are becoming so much stronger than the old connections that were leading this person down the wrong path. Yeah. So this particular person is growing in their walk with the Lord because the connections that they're making are keeping them safe and healthy so that the growth can happen. And I think that's so important. Okay. It goes on to say, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. This is not something that happens without any effort on my part, our part, our part, your part. It's not just about what we do for him or what we do in his name. It's about knowing him and having that relationship. And it does Mm -hmm. take time, effort and sacrifice to have a relationship with someone. But he is the good shepherd and I want to be his. I want to know him and I want to be known by him. Okay. As we were saying earlier, we have our first guest on the podcast today. My friend, Roxanne Beauclair Salonen, has written a book with another friend, Patty McGuire Armstrong, with Ascension Press called What Would Monica Do? And Roxanne is here today to talk with us and just share their journey of writing this book and what the purpose was for choosing Monica. And uh, we're all like so much alike. 
Stacy and Stacy and Roxanne today. We're very much alike <laughs> in that we're mothers with big families and a lot going on. Welcome to the show, Roxanne. Thank you. I'm so honored to be your first guest. That's really exciting. Thank you so much. <laughs> we're glad you're here. So tell us about your book with Patty, because I've known Patty for a long time. I've known you for a pretty long time. And um, it was just it was so neat to see that y'all were writing this book because you were thinking along the lines Stacy and I were thinking along as well. Yeah, um, it was the book that no one wants to write and that we never would have wanted to write either. Uh, but we had developed a friendship. Uh, we're on different sides of North Dakota. Uh, Patty lives in Bismarck. I live in Fargo. My mom lives in Bismarck, attends the same uh, parish ca cathedral that my mom attends. And so at some point, I think we were bound to intersect. And that happened when someone wrote an article about Mother's Day. And we were both featured. And it was from people all over the United States. But I was like, oh, there's a, a mother writer, because it kind of gave a description of what we do. Uh, who's a Catholic in Bismarck with 10 kids. So she has twice mm. as many as I do. And I, I was impressed by that alone. So I thought I have to meet this woman. And and so we we ended up meeting a couple times at, at coffee shops and tea shops and then finally realized we didn't live that, my mom didn't live that far apart from Patty. So she's just down the road. And so every time I go there and she's around, we we try to get together and she lives by a golf course. So we would walk around the golf course. And as we walked, we began, you know, becoming more comfortable and maybe sharing some of the more deeper things in our lives, like the fact that we have children and that we have suffering in that experience. Mm -hmm. And, and we let ourselves share about the deepest sorrow that we have at the moment was that some of our children had left the faith. And so that was something that we kept, you know, bringing up as as a as a quiet prayer request something you can't just talk to anyone about but i think it was something that especially being in the catholic media um we were holding very dear and close to our hearts and then at some point we decided we wanted to we were veteran writers and we thought it would be fun to work on a project together what should we do so we prayed a lot about that and had some different ideas but something happened once on facebook <laughs> where um i was talking to some catholic moms and and I, had, I at some point kind of divulged that not all of my kids were Catholic. And one of the people on the thread um, act very, very shocked and surprised and just couldn't yeah. believe that someone, you know, who represents the church has children away from the faith. And it kind of <laughs> caught me off guard because I thought, <laughs> I don't think I'm the only one, am I? Right. You're <laughs> like, follow me for more parenting tips. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, should I not have said that? Oh, no, my career is doomed now. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm divulging something. <clears throat> but also, it also made me, I don't know, it was like a kind of a Holy Spirit tap. And so after Patty and I were discussing different ideas, <clears throat> one day I just thought, you know, maybe this, uh, maybe this is the book. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe this is the project because I realized yeah. this really is what our friendship has developed into. And so yeah. I proposed it. Patty hated the idea. <clears throat> I wasn't sure about the idea, but we decided to pray about it. And little by little, we had lots of conversations and realized, you know, what? I think we can do this and I think it's needed. And so that's how What Would Monica Do came about. I'm so glad you did do it because I remember um, when I was talking to you and I saw you in Fargo, you were telling me about the book because it was the same kind of thing Stacy and I were talking about. Like there's this fear of saying, I did, I did my very best. I tried like everything to raise my kids like a good Catholic mother in the faith. And then they leave. And what are you supposed to do? There's so much shame there. 
And then we have to get past that because we're not gonna be able to help our kids if it's all about us and our shame. So it's, it's a, it's a hard thing to work through. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, when in that Facebook thread, kind of like looking back, cause I've kind of looked back, like, where did this start? How did that even happen? How did we do this? Um, but it, it almost felt a little bit too, like maybe a little bit of judgment in the surprise mm-hmm. because I thought, is this abnormal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, am I the only Catholic mom out here whose kids have left, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and if, if it is, then, you know, there was just that little bit of, uh, you know, just, yeah, yep. The feeling of shame and, and, and I failed, you know, and, but I knew by then I knew it wasn't true though, too, but yet there's that little niggling feeling when others question you. And, and I think that's what drove me forward though, because I thought, you know, I, I think we need to drill down here and, and try to really examine this and and bring it into the light, right? Because when things are not in the light, which I think this topic has been for many parents, it just kind of festers and yeah. and kind of erodes the soul a little bit yep. too. When you keep things in the dark, that's what Satan loves is to like yeah. keep things hidden and mm-hmm. make you feel guilty. And just he gets to whisper lots of things in the dark into your ear. He tries to steal your voice. And I'm so glad that you guys wrote this book because this is something that I think is much needed. And I, I, uh, I was actually reading the book and stayed up till past midnight, fell asleep reading it. I didn't want to put it down. So I loved it. I love it. I can relate to Marie's story and, you know, when she, she cries about her children and the, and the struggle she went through. So there's a lot of stories in there that I can really relate to. So I'm really glad that y'all, y'all decided to write it, even though it was hard to write. I'm glad you did. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And, you yeah. know, I, what you're doing with this podcast too, so many of your topics, are, you know, coinciding with what we were writing about in this book. And so, I mean, it really kind of seems to be the time to be bringing this to light and to let each other know that we're not alone. They're not alone. And, and it's a grieving and it, it's something that demands like friendship or companionship because Mm -hmm. I don't think God, well, we know God didn't mean for us to be alone. He didn't mean for us to journey alone and he didn't mean for us to be alone in our sorrow. Mm-hmm. And so the, just you two having this together, a partnership, Patty and I writing the book together, it couldn't have been done with just one or the other of us. I think it just speaks to the the relationship that is such an integral part of who God made us in our families, as mothers, as wives, as friends. Like we need each other. We can't do this alone. And that was one of the things that we wanted to do through the book. And, you know, even as we were writing it, we were going through some really heavy things mm-hmm. and... Um, it was like, wow, we are writing this book. We're living this book. We're not the experts here telling people this is what you need to do or this is what we've done. And, and, and now we're just telling you and letting you know we are in the veil with everyone that we're journeying with in this book. Oh, and yeah. we're still in the journey. And we're still like mm-hmm. I've been reading the book, too, just because <laughs> I need to be reminded it's really kind of a just a per- perspective check. And that's something we kind of need every day. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I tell Stacy, I'm, I'm so happy we're doing the podcast. Even if nobody listened to it, it's such a blessing to me to check in with her every day and, mm-hmm. and listen to the scripture. And Stacy said something a long time ago, like we're supposed to be supporting each other. You have a chapter, feelings of failure, grief that is real. And any in the first sentence, mm-hmm. when children leave the Catholic faith, a dream we as parents have been holding tenderly in our hearts uh, seems to have died. What what was that chapter about? The grief. 
you know, we had to cover that. We had to be kind of begin on a sour note. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, Monica, St. Monica, who the, the book is based about, it's not a biography. We check in with Monica throughout the book. We wanted to learn more about her. We felt like most Catholics kind of know who she is, obviously the mother of St. Augustine, who's known throughout all of Christendom and known for his conversion. And she's known most of all through his confessions, um, He, it's, which he it kind of dedicates to his mom in many ways um, and her prayers. But she's known for her tears, her tears that she cried along the way, along the path as she was chasing her son around and trying to pull him back into the, into the faith that he had grown up in. Uh, I think that tear is very symbolic of something we all have experienced as parents whose children have left the faith. Obviously, if it matters to us, and most of us, I think, are have been more intent on our children getting to heaven than Harvard, right? I mean, <laughs> we can do everything right, but if we if we can't get this one thing right, what's the point, right? right. And 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 if we can't be in heaven with all of our children, then that just seems like a disaster. And, 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 and that's, that's so our driving motivation as faithful Catholics has been that we wanted our children to know Jesus and we wanted them to have the fullness of the faith in the Catholic church. And that's a beautiful desire and hope. And, and when we start to realize that maybe it's not going to unfold as we hoped, because as, as parents of young children, we're, we're really there as guides, we're there to lead, we're there to, I mean, there's a lot on, on our plates to, to, to toward that goal. Um, but then there's a point where we start having to let go and it's, it's scary. And when they start to reject the faith, we can take it really personally for one thing. It, it, it feels like a reflection on us. And there was one of the stories that I was kind of reviewing last night that um, the mom said it, it's rejection of, of the faith and maybe God, but I feel it as rejection of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something we all feel in the situation. It feels very personal when our children uh, have these questions and then take the steps to really step out of the sacramental grace that we know would help their life so mm -hmm. much. And, and it's the one thing we want to give them, right? Like it's the one thing that we know helps us and is our only way of survival. And if we can't even give that to them, mm -hmm. what do we do? We're just sitting there with empty hands and, and heart, broken hearts and, and tears dripping down. <laughs> so mm -hmm. yeah, it is a grief. And I think we have to recognize that before we can move on. There is lots of hope after getting through that and processing through it. And that's what we wanted to provide too. This wasn't a, a sour, you know, book about, um, our, our grief, but but about all the hope that we have. But we had to, you know, you have to take it step by step. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquison. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>